Yo, yo, wherever you may be, wherever you may be listening, thank you so much for tuning in to episode four, episode four, episode quattro of the Get With It or Get Lost podcast by TL London. Man, I got a juicy episode coming up, a jam-packed episode. Still ain't got a guest on quite yet, but we working on that, man. I'm going to make that happen. I just got to get everything I need so that this conversation can come in precise, clear, and crispy. But until then, y'all just going to be stuck with me. But, man, let's just get right into it. I mean, I don't see what the holdup is. Y'all know where where you is. You know what it is. You know how how we get down over here at the Get With It To Get Lost podcast. So let's get it cracking. Or for my, you know, other homies, let's get it bracking. But... I'm going to start off with this NFL draft reaction. I mean, that shit escalated real quickly, huh? From the number one pick to every other pick after that, I don't think any mock draft was right. If you can find a mock draft that had Baker Mayfield going number one and Denzel Ward going number four and then Sam Darnold falling to three and Josh Rosen falling to number 10 and then the Ravens trading up to get back into the first round at number 32 and get Lamar Jackson. I mean, look, man, the NFL draft was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was a bad draft. And I think teams made a lot of the right decisions. And now there's a report out that the New England Patriots were willing to trade up to number two if Baker Mayfield was on the board still and take him at number two. So I don't know, man. I guess something about Baker really blew these NFL scouts away. Uh, I didn't see it. I mean, no knock to him. I like Baker Mayfield. He was he won the Heisman last year, but I just always felt like Oklahoma. They played in big games, but the biggest games they never came through with it with with the win. And I felt like when Oklahoma wasn't supposed to win, when they were an underdog, they won a lot of their games. But when they was coming in expecting to win, Oklahoma would struggle. So, I mean, I'm not mad at that pick. I personally, if if now, if the Patriots, if that was a, a legit rumor that they were going to trade in to get Baker Mayfield at two, then I understand taking them at one. But before that report came out, I was saying, if you want Baker Mayfield, you take Saquon number one and let Baker fall to four. Or why didn't y'all take Bradley Chubb? I mean, look, you got the number one and the number four pick in the draft that means you can end up with the best offensive player or the best player period with that number one pick then with that number four pick you're possibly going to get the best defensive player in the draft and they didn't do either I just feel like they didn't maximize the potential of those picks but you know we'll see what goes on but um some of the other surprises were pretty good I mean Josh Rosen falling to 10 I know he wasn't happy about that but the Cardinals was a good landing spot for him you got Larry Fitzgerald over there to learn with. David Johnson's coming back healthy. You know, um, Cardinals aren't on a bad team to fall to, Rosen. Then we had Lamar Jackson going number 32 to the Ravens. Like I said, that was a nice surprise. So my Dallas Cowboys, man, we drafted a linebacker named Leighton Vander Esch out of Boise State. 6'4", 256, run a 4'6". I mean, I can't be mad at that. He kind of has a Clay Matthews type of game to him. He's just a big athletic linebacker that's going to brush the passer um i'm not mad at that i mean i kind of wish we would have went d lineman with that first pick but this guy layton can be uh, you know an edge rusher so i guess that kind of helps and then i feel like we 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 hit a lot of key spots i mean we drafted connor williams a guard out of texas we ended up getting mike gallup um out of colorado state a 6-1 receiver 
We ended up getting Dalton Schultz, 6'6", six, six, tight end uh, out of Stanford, ran a 4'7". And then we end up with a nice surprise in the last round with Bo Scarborough out of uh, Alabama. And I like our draft. I mean, we didn't go too crazy, but I damn sure, you know, am happy that we got productive players. And I also feel like we officially have replaced Des Bryant's production with Alan Hearns being a big body possession receiver, with Mike Gallup being a crisp route runner and, you know, you know, kind of in the middle receiver. The the body style, 6'1", about 200 pounds. Then we got Tavon Austin, we and we traded him for a bag of peanuts. And we traded we traded a bag of peanuts for him. We ended up getting Tavon Austin for only a six-round pick, which is amazing. Now, we're going to have to pay him about $8.5 million to $10 million, but that's only for two more years, so we ain't mad at that. I mean, overall, the NFL draft was, like I said, a surprise, but it was very entertaining. Now, speaking about football a little bit more, so word, like I said, was that the Patriots were going to try to trade up and get Baker Mayfield. And that was going to be a real crazy thing to happen because, number one, they still got Tom Brady on their roster. And number two, why the hell would you even want the Patriots to get the number two pick if you're the um, if you're the Giants? Like, I wouldn't even consider doing anything with them, letting them get that high of a pick so they can just go on another 15-year run with, a, with another top QB fuck out of here with that so yeah man tom brady doesn't feel appreciated he had a sit down with jim gray uh recently where he literally when was asked if he felt appreciated he decided to take the fifth now he followed up and kind of giggled and said that you know nobody feels really appreciated at work he thinks this is it's more of a universal thing on how he feels it's nothing personal but he also said that he respects Bill Belichick, of course, he loves and respects Robert Kraft. And I just feel like Tom Brady just, I mean, it's not what he wants. I think he's just speaking the truth. And Bill Belichick just isn't one of those coaches that's going to constantly pat you on your back and tell you what of a, what what's such a great job you've been doing or you're doing a hell of a job. Like, Bill Belichick's the type of guy, from my outlook and perspective, is if he's not talking to you, that means you're doing something right. If Bill Belichick is constantly having to talk to you, you're on your way out the door. That's my understanding of a type of coach like him. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is, Tom Brady. You got hella Super Bowl rings. Trust me, you're very appreciated in that city and within that organization. So, quit being a little baby. But um, I got love for Tom Brady, though. And like I said, he didn't say it in a way where he was complaining or he didn't answer the question in a controversial way. Like, of course, when you read the headline – Brady decides to plead the fifth when asked if he feels appreciated by Patriots. You're going to be like, whoa, what the hell? But when you actually listen to the audio, he's literally joking when he says he pleads the fifth. And then he follows up immediately with saying that, you know, he does feel like there's love within the building. It's just Bill Belichick ain't the type of dude that's going to pat you on your ass. Like, but you're going to win. You're going to win. So it is what it is, Tom. You'll be all right. You only got about maybe two more years left in you anyway. So let's talk about these NBA playoffs. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Now, I'm going to have to sit here and admit it. I was wrong about the Trailblazers. I was wrong. And I know I said it in my last pod, but I was wrong. They're officially swept and they're officially out the door. Um, Utah Jazz eliminate the OKC Thunder, man. That was a shock. That kind of hurt my feelings, man, because those were like 
three of my individual kind of favorite players. Like, of course, I'm a Laker fan, Kobe fan, Magic Johnson. Like, any Laker I'm, is going to trump any other player in my mind. But my non-Laker favorite players was Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. Like, before they teamed up. Like, I was a Knicks supporter because of Carmelo and a Nuggets supporter because of Carmelo. And I've always liked Russell Westbrook. Um, but, yeah, man, they disappointed the shit out of me and uh, I'm sure millions of other people with the performance they put on. Uh, Well, not Russell Westbrook. Well, Russell Westbrook just got to get out of his own head, man. As much as it hurts for me to say this, I think Russell Westbrook is the problem. Like, as much as it hurts me to say that a dude that averages a triple-double is the problem, he is the problem. He has to learn how to get out of his own way and trust his teammates, number one. He needs to, number two, stop trying to do too much when the, when the pressure is on. Like, when the pressure is on and y'all down, you don't have to put it all on yourself in order to get them back right. And then on top of that, it's hard for your teammates to get into a flow when they constantly have to, like, basically Russell Westbrook pick his, picks and chooses the possessions that he's going to pass or not, which, if that makes sense, which basically, when you're playing basketball, you're supposed to go with the flow to a point that when you're ready, you know, you take what the defense gives you. So you're basically going, you know, driving up, you know, bringing a ball up. You're looking at the defense. If you see an open player, you're going to pass the ball. If you don't, you're going to keep the ball. If you see a lane, you're going to drive it. Like vice versa, like whatever. You just go with what the game shows you. Russell Westbrook is the type of player is he know what he's doing before he even gets past the half court line, which means on this possession, if he looks up at the scoreboard and they down by three and he gets the rebound, in his mind, he's about to score three points. So the whole 24 seconds, he's keeping the ball, looking for, for that open three, passing the ball off, and then demanding it right back so a teammate can't even make, 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 make a decision to do anything. They got to give it right back to him. And then he chucks up a bad shot. And then some possession, he comes down, and he's like, okay, I'm going to pass the ball. So he gives it to Paul George and kind of waits around. Like, that's another thing. When Russell Westbrook does pass the ball to Paul George or Carmelo, he just sits there and watches them iso. Like, he doesn't cut. He doesn't do any assistance to his teammate in order to make a play off of him. Like, Russell, just just because you gave the ball up doesn't mean you're just supposed to stop playing offense. You're supposed to still cut, set screens, things of that nature. But, like, Russell Westbrook expects other players to be him. So he passes the ball off and then sits there and watches the player like, okay, now get us a bucket. And that's not how basketball really is supposed to work. Like, yeah, if you got Jordan on your team, then okay, that's how basketball works. But when you have a team – like the Golden State Warriors, or even when Kyrie and LeBron were playing together, you can't just iso, 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 iso. Like, you got to have some type of unpredictability going on. So I don't know what's going on with the Thunder. I feel like Paul George is out of there. And as a Laker fan, that's good news for me. Um, Carmelo, he's stuck there for the next couple years. But, shit, he's a shell of himself, man. Hopefully he can step up and be a real number two. And with that money they free up from Paul George, they can try to make something happen this offseason. But... That's a very, very bad first-round exit by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Golden State Warriors, of course, they beat the Spurs in five, and now they're playing New Orleans, and they actually won the first game. So now in the second round, we have – oh, yeah, hold on. I, I'm going to touch on on this other series too, but I'll get to it. So we got Rockets-Jazz, and the Rockets are up one game to zero on the Jazz. Uh, New Orleans-Golden Gold, State, and Golden State's up one, one game to zero on the Pelicans. And we got Boston Philly, who started their game one last night. And that was a blowout because 
You know, I mean, I you could say Philly was rusty, but I just feel like the type of team Boston has, and the, and I've always given Brad Stevens all the praise, man. He's just a hell of a coach. And they got long, athletic, young, hungry players that are willing to learn and willing to be coached by, by Brad Stevens. And they, they're not trying to get out of their element too much. They're just doing exactly what they're told to the best of their abilities, and it's paying off. So, of course, I don't see them necessarily going even going to the finals um, but shit, there's going to be a good matchup. I mean, I got, of course, the Rockets beating the Jazz and I got Golden State beating New Orleans, even though I feel like New Orleans, even though they got blown out in the first game, they can at least get a game or two off of Golden State. Boston and Philly, man, I still think Philly's the better team, but I wouldn't be surprised if Boston wins this series, too. Like after a while, they're going to run into a team that has too much talent, but they they're not scared. So I'm going to give it to Boston right now. I'm going to give it to Boston to beat philly so i got rockets jazz might get one in utah i got rockets in five i got golden state damn they kicked new orleans ass too i got golden state in six and i got boston i got boston and because this is the thing i think if boston sweeps philly that's more likable to happen but i think if philly gets the rhythm and figures out a game plan on how to be effective against the celtics philly's going to lose or, i mean boston's going to lose if philly can figure out at least how to beat them uh so i'm gonna still i'm gonna still give it to philly because i feel like joel and b is gonna have to do something to set himself apart in this series because al horford made him look bad by stretching the court the way he did i mean offensively joel and b did his thing but defensively Al Horford was out there shooting too too much threes, and it kept that paint open because Joel and B wasn't able to clog that paint. So we'll see. So the other series I wanted to touch on is uh, Toronto Cleveland. That's the last one to round up. And that series starts tonight. Um, LeBron James, man, like I said, I'm a Laker, Kobe, Magic, Kareem the guy, but I respect Hoopers. I respect Michael Jordan. I respect, and I'm a fan of basketball. So I'm not going to sit here in front like LeBron James ain't one of the GOATs. Like, LeBron James is amazing, like, amazing. Like, the way he put the team on his back this whole season and in his first round, and even though they're barely getting by, it's been amazing to watch. Like, a dude basically – basically, it's been amazing to see LeBron play with that Russell Westbrook energy and mentality of just, I'm just going to keep coming at, at, at your neck. And I'm not going to give up. And I know eventually they're going to get tired before me. And that's the mentality LeBron's been coming in with. And he's been handling his business. I mean, that game winning shot he hit in game six, I mean, game five. And then the way he put, put the team on his back in game seven to win. And he ain't complaining about nothing. Like, he might be complaining to his wife about how garbage his team is. But he ain't complaining, man. And he's letting them dudes still believe that he believes in them. Now, Cleveland can rather get eliminated in this next round against Toronto or Cleveland can end up winning the whole championship because LeBron James is that great. And he's such a like trump card. And damn, I hate that I even use that word on my podcast. I got to come up with a better uh, word. Like he's such a ace in the hole that you can't count him out until he's out. You know what I mean? Like you can't count him out until he's out. So right now, LeBron is dope, man. And there's, I just want to say this, and I've said this a lot, but I want to actually get it on wax. I want to get it on, on the podcast. 
LeBron James, to me, other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I feel like has had the greatest career in basketball, when you just add up his high school career, his college career, his NBA career, that's the greatest basketball career, period, in my eyes. But LeBron James has been the the best example of a athlete that I have seen probably ever and definitely in this generation because this man has literally been hyped up since his sophomore year in high school to fail. So he's been propped up on the pedestal since his sophomore year in high school and every little slippage, boy, they came for his neck. When he got that little loan from the bank in high school, his mama got that loan. He bought that Hummer. They were so fast to suspend his ass and try to make him not finish out his high school season. Knowing damn well he was going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Like, it was just unnecessary bullshit. Then he gets to the NBA and puts Cleveland back on the map, averages 20 out the gate, rookie of the year, all-star appearances, just doing his thing. And then he decides that he wants to switch teams because his team is garbage and the media and then the fans keep getting on his helmet because the team sucks and he ain't won them a championship. So he's like, look, let me go learn how to win a championship from Pat Riley and then somebody that did it. And we didn't even know at the time, but he went and learned it and then came back and brought that knowledge back to Cleveland. So let's be real. Cleveland didn't know how to win no damn championship at all. Cleveland had no idea what it took to win at all. So LeBron learned that formula from Pat Riley and them and came back and won him a chip. Now, it was some crazy circumstances on how they got that chip, but they got that chip. So when people try to tear down LeBron, it's just, like, ridiculous, bro. Like, this dude literally was the biggest thing popping since he was 15 years old. And now he's 33 years old. That's 18 years later. And he is still the undisputed, most famous basketball player hands down and guess what the dude ain't never been arrested ain't never been in no cheating scandals ain't never been um in no tax scandals ain't never been anything even when he was a kid so with that being said man lebron james gotta be up there as one of the most influential people of our time and yeah he ain't malcolm x or martin but he is in his own way he's lebron james man i feel like he is a great person and a great role model, and I would love for my son to look to be like LeBron. You know what I mean? So I can't knock Brian Brian at all. Like you, 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 you can find every basketball player and bring up some dirty ass, scandalous rumors that probably hold some weight. From Kobe to Jordan to Magic to Kareem to everybody, they all got their dirt, man. And LeBron, his only dirt is that he wanted to go to Miami. That's it. So if that's like, man, I love LeBron. So much love. But I ain't gonna lie. When he was a youngster, I hated LeBron only because of the simple fact because I felt like they anointed him the king of the NBA when he ain't even done nothing yet. I felt like Kobe had been holding it down. Other players have been there 10 years holding it down, going on, starting. LeBron was barely a kid and they were just giving him everything. But he was earning it too. It's like they were giving it to him because they saw what was coming. And yeah, LeBron is the shit. I can't knock him. And, I mean, I can't really think of nothing else I really want to speak on as of right now. That was a little short, little something. I mean, just to get the people with what they want, just to let the people hear my voice a little bit. I'm going to be back real soon. Um, I'm trying to make these podcasts more frequent. I know I'm trying to do them every week, but 
man, if I can get in there every day and record a podcast, I, man, that would be lovely. But as of right now, I'm not making not, not one red cent off of this. So this is all coming from my heart. And this is all coming just from my passion on sports. So I'm going to find the time to do it, though, definitely. Because if I ever want to be something in this sports industry, when it comes to sports journalism, sports talk, period, I got to put in the work. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to be back with some more real soon. Get with it or get lost.